Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Emily, and I'm a maid at the Phoenix Hotel where three very strange teenagers just walked in, but I don't give a fuck because I just clocked out. And I'm Paige. I'm also a maid at the Phoenix Hotel, and I've been trying for hours to figure out what room this hot Jasper's staying in, and you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. How's it going today, Paige? How's your day? It's good. I just ate the most delicious Cubano sandwich for dinner. I am filled with mustard and pickles, and I cannot express how excited I am for that. We're back on the Cubanos. It all comes back around, people. I never stopped being on that Cubano train. (laughs) And if you don't know what you're talking about, you're not a real fan. I'm just kidding. That's not true. I couldn't even tell you. I know we talked about it, but I could not tell you what episode it was. Me neither. In a big way, these episodes just all run together because it's just like such a routine that we like record, I edit, you listen to it, we pick a name, we record, I edit. <laughs> like, it's a it's a whole thing. Um, right now I'm currently quarantined, um, so that's kind of fucking lame. <laughs> um, but it's a good thing I have this podcast to, to work on and so I can see Paige and have fun with it, so... If anybody else is quarantined, send me a DM, because I'm probably bored as shit. Or napping. (laughs) Or napping, or both. (laughs) These things are not mutually exclusive. Um, So this week, we are getting close to the end. I was just telling Paige that we're, like, about to finish Twilight. We'll be finishing it before Christmas, which is wild. Um, I spilled water all over my notes, and I just realized. (laughs) It's fine. Um, So this week we read chapters 19 and 20, which were called Goodbyes and Impatience. So Paige, what did you think of these chapters? Chapter 19, I'm just going to put it at uh, two thumbs down, in my opinion. Chapter 20, I was actually pro chapter 20, but I think that's just because I love staying in hotels. It is so much fun. Like, I I honestly, like, for my birthday, I just want to even stay in a hotel in the city that I live in just to like be at a hotel so just having a whole chapter where they're just hanging in a hotel room I'm like yeah that's pretty fun yes oh my god I'm pretty sure I have that exact same thing written down (laughs) yes I do I'll get to it when we get there but um I do want you to elaborate why was chapter 19 two thumbs down I knew that the the whole thing with Charlie was going to be bad, but I didn't realize that Bella was going to stoop to the level that she did. It's pretty cold-hearted. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty bad. In the movie, it's rough, too. I just... Charlie, you know, he's trying his best. He's definitely not perfect, and he's not the best dad, but goddamn, you did not have to... You did not have to go that cold. Like, this is probably something that he is maybe not necessarily traumatized about, but something that has probably affected his mental health in a very negative way. And you just brought that all back to the surface and threw it right back in his face. And this one relationship that he thought he was recovering with turns out it's not in his mind. It's just really heartbreaking. It is. And Bella is the one who was like, it's so clear that my dad never got over my mom and then used this on him. Like, I mean, I get that she was quote unquote justified, but I'm like, I feel like there was other ways he could have achieved this, this end goal. 
Mm-mm. I don't even want to read. Like, I, I'm already bummed out knowing that I'm going to have to read them coming back together at some point and having she's going to have to talk to him. I just, like, I'm like, Charlie, don't talk to her. She's been mean to you. You you take time for yourself, sweaty. You don't <laughs> need to talk to this toxic person right now. Agreed, agreed. And I guess this isn't, like, that valid of a point for me to make because I uh, I don't have divorced parents, so I don't know what that experience is like. But I'm just picturing my dad, like, even if my mom and him, like, didn't live together or live separately, whatever. Like, if I try to pull this shit, there's no way. <laughs> He would not let me out the door. Mm-mm. Not saying that I'm blaming Charlie, but I'm just like, damn. Like, it actually makes me a little bit more sad for Charlie because I just feel like he has kind of given Bella, like, in some ways room to run. In others, not so much because he did, like, disable her truck that one time, which we talked about. But I don't know. I just feel like she used that against him. Yeah. And I just can't wrap my head around almost destroying a relationship with a family member for a significant other that you've been talking to seeing for like one month you know just the reaction and I like I get that they're all in danger it's just it's just so hard for me to be okay with any of this I'm like you guys barely know each other come on I fully agree with that last statement however I think the reason she's doing this for Charlie is so that the hunter doesn't like go after Charlie like I think it's for Charlie's own good yeah I I can see that I'm just I'm just pissed that Bella's even there to begin with I'm like girl you should have ended up with Eric I I don't (laughs) even (laughs) yeah facts facts well let's jump right into it then so we left off the last chapter with they were just about to charlie's house and as Paige and i have been discussing um she had to like make a getaway from charlie so that they she could escape the tracker and all his wrath so they pull up and um alice and emmett like slink out of the car to like basically be like bodyguards is how I took it. And this whole scene with Bella and Edward, um, when she's like, don't listen to another thing I say tonight. It's like, no shit, dummy. He knows that you're putting on an act. So cheesy. This corny. I mean, I mean, would he have, I just, is Edward that smart? I don't know. You know, you got me there. Because <laughs> he can't read her mind, so if she was thinking something, he wouldn't know. And I just don't know if he's picking up on any social cues, voice cues. I don't know. I just, my opinion of Edward is very low, so <laughs> I'm not giving him anything to go off of. So I'm, maybe he's not smart enough. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That's fair. You got me there. I do want to say, too, though, that Emmett, when he's like, don't worry, Bella, we'll take care of things here quickly. I just, I just love Emmett. He's my little himbo. I think Emmett is my favorite character so far. And I've only known him for two chapters. (laughs) For like 
20 pages. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, Bella puts on this little performance um, for Edward and then for Charlie. So she goes in, she slams the door, she yells, go away, Edward. Um, and she storms upstairs and starts packing. And Edward's there momentarily to help her pack. And poor Charlie, like, she shuts the door so he can't even, like, get in to see her. And she's like, I'm going home. And Charlie is, like, justifiably afraid, like, did he hurt you? Because that's what, what my first thought would be as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually she ends up spinning it to say that she broke up with him because she likes him too much and she hates this town, Forks, and she doesn't want to stay here. Um, this is, like, the smallest thing in the world. <laughs> But on page 392, where is it? Yeah, right in the middle. It says, I reached swiftly between the mattress and box spring to grab the knotted old sock that contained my secret cash hoard. I'm like, what teenager has a secret cash hoard? Not me, that's for sure. I had like $20 the entire time I was a teenager. Yeah, and most of that went to coffee in my in my book. Dutch Bros, baby. Mm-hmm. That shit's good. So Charlie's just kind of trying to keep up. Um, He's like, I thought you liked him. That's when Bella's like, I do like him. I can't put down roots here. And Charlie is obviously very upset. And is like, you can't leave now. It's nighttime. That's exactly what my dad would say. He'd be like, you're not, you can wait till morning. Calm down. (laughs) Even if you're mad, like the doors are locked, you can't leave. (laughs) He would find a way to lock them from the outside. Ron's smart. He is smart. Um, so then he kind of almost derails Bella when he says that her mom is actually going to be going back to Phoenix because her new husband's whole baseball career is kind of tanking, <laughs> which is a hilarious detail in the midst of all this. And correct me if I'm wrong, he's a minor league player. Mm-hmm. Womp, womp, womp. Yep. Yep. Um, so they're thinking that they're going to be going back to Phoenix. And Bella, this kind of, it reminded me of the um, worm episode of SpongeBob, where Sandy's like, I gotta admit that's slowing me down, but I'm still going. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um, she's like, I'm going. And she realizes that He's not going to let her her go, which I'm like, mm, I feel like he was, sis. I feel like he, this this little this little last dagger that you stabbed to his heart wasn't necessary, as Paige and I have already said. But she repeats exactly what her mom said when she was leaving, which I've always wondered this. How does Bella know? Like, yeah. did her, was her mom like, here's what I said exactly, write this down. <laughs> I My only thought, like, I'm picturing it as if it were a movie that her parents are having this argument and she's a little kid standing at the top of the stairs, like looking around a corner down at them, listening to the whole thing. That's what I thought, but I agree. It is kind of bizarre that she would know like exactly the cadence and the words used, like that she would have had the foresight to memorize that and then use it later. I don't know. Very bizarre. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember, I feel like she was super young when, I'm going back to the beginning of the book because now I'm super curious. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see it, but 
I just find that whole that whole scenario very implausible, personally. I'm gonna throw another another thing out at you. I find I would say sixty five percent of this book implausible. <laughs> it's not the supernatural stuff, is it? <laughs> I have there. We're getting to a point soon that it made me shut the book. I was like, Stephanie does not know what she's talking about. <laughs> Okay, I look forward to it. Let me know when it is. <laughs> um, I think I might have a theory. Because <laughs> I just saw what's coming up. It, it's actually coming up on page 395, so we'll yeah, get... exactly what it is. <laughs> okay, so Bella runs. And not to make another Spongebob reference, <laughs> you know, the Night Singing Slasher episode when he has to run the trash out to the dumpster and he screams the whole time. <laughs> This is what I picture Bella as. Because she, like, thinks at any moment the, guy, the hunter's going to jump out of the fucking trees and kill her. So. Yeah. Um, but she gets into the car or the truck and starts driving. And here we go, Paige. Go ahead. Okay, I'm going to read just this little section. Do it. Pull over, he said, as the house and Charlie disappeared behind us. I can drive, I said through the tears pouring down my cheeks. His long hands unexpectedly gripped my waist and his foot pushed mine off the gas pedal. He pulled me across his lap, wrenching my hands free of the wheel, and suddenly he was in the driver's seat. The truck didn't swerve an inch. I'm going to call bullshit on that. That is physically impossible. I'm picturing... I want to stand up. I'm picturing, like, his legs are, like, really long, and his arms are, like, spaghetti arms, and he just, like into the driver's seat it just doesn't make sense and also the car doesn't move I I wrote down this is the note that I wrote all capital letters Steph don't know cars what the fuck this makes no sense (laughs) it really doesn't it really doesn't and I just feel like I'm full of pop culture references today but have you seen that um vine now i'm gonna get the wrong vine because this girl has several but she takes her doll and she like throws it and then it plays the svu yeah and she give me your fucking money yeah 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 yeah. that's the one that is my favorite vine of all time (laughs) i don't even know what my favorite one is there's this really obscure one where this guy dressed as an abominable snowman is walking down the street and this newscaster goes up to him he's like what does he say the newscaster he's like I think he says, like, why are you wearing this outfit? Or something like that. Like, why are you out in the streets or something? Yeah, something like that. And the guy goes, my favorite color is blood. (laughs) Caster takes the mic and is like, all right. (laughs) So funny. Just Google my favorite color is blood. If you haven't seen it, listeners, you will lose your shit. It's so funny. Um, where were we? Oh, that's what I picture Edward, like, throwing Bella across the truck. (laughs) It's very aggressive to me. It just, I, how do you get your, okay, one of his, one of his hands goes around her waist. I'm assuming that's his left hand. Mm -hmm. And then he pulled her across his lap. So he's doing that. While also holding the wheel. He has to be holding the wheel. Okay, so he's holding the wheel with his right hand. He pulls her across his lap with the left, but then his foot is on the gas pedal. So that's <laughs> her body, or it's around her 
body going around like an arm and then down to the gas pedal. The, the receipts just don't add up. The math is not, it doesn't make sense, Stephanie. I'm sorry it doesn't. It doesn't. I wish you guys could see the video of Paige just trying to act this out in her brain because it was hilarious. Maybe if we ever get a single patron on Patreon, we will share it. <laughs> not salty. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, so, um, after that whole tomfoolery, what a great word, am I right? Mm-hmm. Um, they keep on driving, and Edward says that the tracker heard the end of Bella's performance, and he's following them, um, and Alice is following them in the Jeep, and then Emmett, like, jumps into the fucking car. Let me just say in the movie, this is hilarious, when he jumps into the car. Um, or the truck, I should say. And then um, this is where Bella says that what she said to Charlie was the same thing that her mom said when she left him. And Edward's like, don't worry, he'll forgive you. Um, and then automatically Bella goes right into, don't leave me. Please don't leave me. <laughs> and then this, I was wondering if this kind of answered your question from last week. There's more information that you don't have yet that will come in the next book, but um, Bella asks, like, why did he pick me? And Edward mentions that he she does smell so appallingly luscious. Those are the words. Not my words, his words. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> so I did this kind of help answer your question? It did. It definitely did. Yeah, I feel like it's basically what I said last week, where I was just like, um, he... Like, the tracker's whole thing is just, like, tracking people, and he loves a challenge, and he's, like, super pumped about this. He's, like, getting off on it, basically. It makes me think of when I tried to play Skyrim for the first time, and I realized I loved it, and I was like, I gotta I gotta commit all my time to this now. I gotta get that platinum trophy, and it took me, like, an entire year, but I did it because I was committed. So I guess you could say that I and me and James, we got a lot in common. Um, yeah, I remember when I first discovered Papa's Pizzeria and I realized you had to get like five pizzas done at once and I was like, oh my god, I'm on top of the fucking world when I did it. Listeners, if that reference makes absolutely no sense to you, just know that for probably over five, between five and ten years, Emily and I were playing an online game franchise known as Papa's both collectively playing them at our house and we didn't know. And it was last Christmas that we discovered that we both love them. And wow, they, it's just games where you make food and there's all different kinds and themes and stuff. And they are incredibly fun. They are super fun. This is how, you know, 2020 is the year from hell because they probably won't be playable after this year because of the whole Adobe Flash thing. Did you not know about this page? I feel like we talked about it. What? We didn't talk about it. I'm we're gonna have to stop the podcast. <laughs> She's devastated, folks. I mean it's possible that someone will like make an archive version of them, but like so Adobe Flash Player is like they're no longer like support like Adobe's ending it after twenty twenty. So like everything that's on it is no longer a thing. 
Well, if they put them on Steam, I will give them a hundred dollars. <laughs> I don't know what Steam is. Is that a different thing? It's basically like a um, you buy games online and you can download them on your computer. I would look into. I have been kind of looking into it, not like hard enough. I need to look further, but like how we can play them after, because I saw people talking about it literally today. So keep me posted. Yeah, let's do some research on on the back end. <laughs> um, all of that is to say, if you haven't played Papa's yet, do it for the next two or three weeks because it could be your last chance and it'll change your life. Or don't because you might get sad. Papa's Cheeseria is my favorite. I'm not a fan. Paige likes the savory ones. I like the sweet ones. Um, bakery is pretty fun too. Sushiria is the hardest in my opinion. I love Sushiria. I love it, but it's fucking hard. No, you know what's fucking hard? Wingeria. Wingeria. I never play Wingeria. I never do it. The sauce is fucking impossible to get right. Literally impossible. Can't do it. I I love Pancakeria, though, because it's just wholesomely good. Yes, it's the OG of, like, them expanding. And mm-hmm. the drink station. Oh, so cute. That's revolutionary at the time. Hot Doggeria is another good one I like. Never played it. Sorry. Scooperia. Scooperia is fucking lit. I I couldn't finish Scooperia. Couldn't do it. It was too big. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why I love it. Because you have to make cookies and you have to scoop ice cream. It's just a lot. Listeners are logging off at this point. <laughs> There's none left. <laughs> They're all gone. <laughs> uh, sorry, guys. Sorry, but also I'm not cutting any of that. <laughs> this is my podcast, damn it. Me and Paige's, not just mine. She lets me do it. <laughs> That's not true. You're literally the whole show. If you didn't exist, it would just be me talking to no one. Okay, so back to Twilight. Um, Edward's just kind of flip-flopping with himself because he's like, maybe I should have killed him right then. Or, well, he's like, I shouldn't have defended you because that, like, created the whole challenge. He's like, if I hadn't defended you, he would have tried to kill you right then. He's just going back and forth. I'm like, okay, well, it's in the past now, baby. Gotta move on. Um, but he clarifies for Bella that she doesn't smell as good to the others as she does to him. But she just smells good in general. Um, and then he, she... Or Bella asks how can you kill a vampire because Edward says that they're going to have to kill James. And he says that the only way to be sure is to tear him to shreds and then burn the pieces. What did you think about this? I've definitely never heard of this in vampire lore. I don't lore. I don't know if it's factual in a way, but I think it would do a thorough job. I think it would I think it would get the job done. Yeah, I don't know if Stephanie Meyer made it up, honestly. Couldn't tell you. So they arrive at the house. um, And they realize that Laurent is there. And so he's, like, choosing not to fight with them. Or against them. He's going to go to the coven that's in Denali. And um, he's, like... He's just being very dramatic, I feel like, about James. I've never seen anything like him in my 300 years. He's absolutely lethal. That's why I joined his coven. Did you, were you surprised by this little leadership switch when you found out that Laurent was actually not the leader? I definitely was. They 
did a really good job of fooling me. That's for sure. Yep. Yep. He's just the mouthpiece. I um, just put out there that I think Laurent is my favorite character. I He's completely neutral. He was like, I'm not fighting you guys. I'm not here to die, but I'm not fighting against you either. Like, I'm, you guys do your thing, but I'm going to go hang out with those people up in Denali. I'm out of here. And he was really nice in the beginning. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll respect your area. Like, totally fine. Which, to be fair, I'm pretty sure James was anti that. And like I said, I think the actor who plays him in the movie is very handsome. So I'm just pro Laurent all the all around. Okay, I feel that. I can see that. I don't know if, if he's going to be worse later, but so far I'm like, he's made no negative impression in my mind. Love that for you. We'll see. Um, so then he goes to leave, and my note for this was, at Carlisle, is this church? Because he says, go in peace, glorifying God with your life. <laughs> Thanks be to God. <laughs> God. <laughs> Such a weird thing to say. Um, so then, I love that Esme fucking pulls out these metal walls. I'm like, why Why did you guys have these installed into your house? It's so weird. Harry the Purge-esque. I haven't seen it, but yeah, I get the general gist of it. And yeah, you're right. Um, so then Edward asks Rosalie to trade clothes with Bella. And she's like, nah, fuck y'all, basically. What did you think about Rosalie's behavior? She says, sorry, I should clarify for the listeners. She says, why should I? What is she to me except a menace, a danger you've chosen to inflict on all of us? So what did you think of that? She's definitely very severe, but one thing that I, I mean, it's, it's clarified in the next chapter, I believe, but one thing that I was feeling in this chapter was I was like, I'm kind of surprised that everyone in this family is just going along with all of this. Like, this is really positively affecting only Edward in the family, it seems like. So why is everyone going out of their way to put themselves in danger to protect Bella? So not that I agreed with Rosalie, but I did see where she was coming from in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. And I think I hate to be a simp. I'm not, I'm not trying to simp, but I feel like the way that everyone is behaving is like it almost for me kind of sells Edward's commitment to this relationship more because the way that they're all acting and like fully committing themselves to protecting Bella to me is like they understand how much he cares about it and like are willing to put themselves in danger to make sure he doesn't lose this relationship you know what I mean yeah yeah, it's it's clarified more in the next chapter, but mm-hmm. going into it, I was like, that's a lot of work and effort going into protecting one non-vampire person for the sake of one vampire, um, and then I feel like supernatural threats just seem more dangerous in my eyes than non-supernatural threats, so it just seemed like a lot was at stake for not a lot, but like I said, this there's more information to be had later. Yeah. Yeah. I just hate having to be affectionate or positive towards Edward in general. (laughs) Just throwing that out there. (laughs) Uh, I don't hate him that much, you guys. He just kind of sucks. That's how I feel about a lot of the men in my life, though. (laughs) 
This is facts. Yeah. Um, I don't, I feel like I don't hate him as much as you do. <laughs> I, I don't there. I mean, there's more to be learned about him. Maybe the further I read, I'll like him more, but reading his character as an adult for the first time, not a fan. <laughs> Completely understandable and justifiable. So when Rosalie um, refuses to do this, Esme goes ahead and does it um, because it will confuse the smell. Everyone keeps carrying Bella around too, which is like so fucking humiliating. Like I get the necessity of it and all, but I'm like, this is so embarrassing for her. Um, and when they get back downstairs from changing clothes, it seems like everything's ready to go. Carlisle's like handing out cell phones, which is probably, we've already had this conversation, but was probably like pretty technology forward back then. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where cell phones were at in 2005. I'm picturing Motorola razors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking too. Um, so then Carlisle, Edward, and Emmett, who are the hunting party, are just about to leave. Alice looks into the future and sees that James will track them and the woman will follow the truck, which will have Rosalie and Esme in it um, because they're trying to like lead them away. And then Alice, Jasper, and Bella are all leaving last in the dark-tinted Mercedes. <sighs> So then Edward and Bella kiss. Don't really feel like talking about it because they're so dramatic about it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm, Paige says. I, you know, we've all, we've all had emotional goodbyes with people that we're romantically interested in. But I don't think that outside parties would want to witness that or read about it. Mm-hmm. So I get it. Like, I get that it's, you know, sad. We're not going to see each other. But I don't want to know about it. <laughs> yeah, I could have just skimmed over it and I wouldn't have cared. <laughs> Um, so then they leave. Well, she says his eyes went blank, curiously dead. This is Edward as he turned away. Interesting. Putting a pin in that one (laughs) for later. So then they leave and then Esme and Rosalie leave. And then, um, this is just a small preview of what Paige was mentioning earlier, but Jasper and Bella are left alone because Bella's or Alice is getting the car And he says, you're wrong, you know. And she says, what? He says, I can feel what you're feeling now, and you are worth it. She says, I'm not. If anything happens to them, it will be for nothing. And Jasper just says, you're wrong, smiling kindly at me. So then Alice carries her to the car, and they yeet right out of there. And that's the end of the chapter. Um, Wait. Before I get (laughs) get over this chapter, the fact that they left their lights on. I'm like... Y'all are going to be gone for an unknown number of days and you left the lights on? I I understand the point that you are saying, but robbers, please don't rob my family's home. But my dad always does this too, to if we're leaving for like a long day or something like that, or if there's like a day that our neighbors can't like come check on our house he'll purposefully leave lights on as a way to deter people from thinking that the house is empty. 
so it's just like a, a little secret way to make it seem like there's someone home. So maybe that maybe it's sort of like a secret kind of like, oh yeah, there's someone home. Maybe maybe come check out this place, hunters. There's something going on over here, you know, like another distraction. However, do I think that Stephanie Meyer has the brain power to <laughs> formulate all of that and make it apparent in one sentence? No, I don't think that. So I think that it was just them being negligent. Wow, what a speech that was. Also, all the robbers listening to this podcast are for sure going to take that advice to heart, Paige. Because <laughs> they know where your family lives. <laughs> I mean, I've also told them that I have an innate fear of home invasions. So if, if robbers, you're listening, you know, you already know at this point that I'm a better target because I'll just give you my, my stuff. <laughs> Jesus, that's so funny. Yeah, I totally get that. I mean, I think she just wanted the aesthetic, honestly. That's what I think Stephanie Meyer wanted. She wanted the aesthetic of the bright house and them running into darkness. Corny. I think you're 100% right. <laughs> Did you have any notes from chapter 19 that we didn't cover? No, the, the one note that I really wanted to hit at was that stupid car scene. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So then we move into chapter 20, Impatience. Impatience. Why did I say it like that? Um, have you ever been to Phoenix, Arizona? I, maybe. I know that there's been, like, long weekends or summers where my family will take, like, a, a getaway kind of a thing. But I want to say that we went to New Mexico because I feel like New Mexico is closer to Colorado than Arizona is. Mm-hmm. It's right below us. Yeah, I I don't... It's not coming to mind, so I'm just going to say no. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just curious. I've been to Phoenix a bunch of times. I wanted to go to college there for a bit. But it's beautiful. It's like... It's weird because it's a different kind of beautiful because everything's like kind of dusty, but in a good way. They have really nice sunsets and those cactuses blow my motherfucking mind. You know, like the arms on them? Yeah. Here's a fun fact for you. They each take a hundred years to fully, to get to full growth. A hundred. So if you see one with like six of those, they're 600 fucking years old. Those cactuses. Oh my gosh. It's a a felony in Arizona to cut them down, or at least it used to be. I I don't know if it still is, but... I bet it is. That's crazy. Yep. Um, Kind of a morbid story for you. One time, when my parents lived in Phoenix for like nine months or something, right after they first got married. And they didn't see it happen, but it was on the news this when they were living there. This guy like was in the desert just like hacking at saguaros is the name of the cactus and like knocking them down and one fell on him and killed him that is a horrible way to die however it's justified karma baby zip zap zop (laughs) but i'm so dead that you mentioned the hotel thing because i literally have a note here that says not to be off topic but i love a good hotel suite like especially a suite or the ones where there's a room and then a door and then a room yeah, now that um, my family, we're all older, if we're staying somewhere, we'll do that. So my sister and I will have one side, and then my mom and dad will have the other. So at night, we can each have 
an area to sleep but like during the day we can like go between our rooms it's nice yeah and it's nice it just reminded me like reading this reminded me of like soccer tournaments the amount of hotels I've stayed in for soccer tournaments is batshit bananas also when friend of the pod two friends of the pod um Remy and Camille when I went to New York with them we got this like we booked this older hotel and I don't know about them, but like, I was kind of like, mm, we'll see how this goes. Cause it's New York city. So you never really know, you know, but, um, cause it was like pr- pretty decently priced and we got there. And the only thing that like, maybe some people wouldn't like about it was that it was old, but it was so nice. They literally, we didn't even book this. They gave us a fucking suite and we were all like 19. <laughs> and so Camille got her own room. Like, it was crazy. I just, I think about that hotel all the time. It was called the Wellington. Shout out the Wellington. Sponsor us. <laughs> Call me. <laughs> Can you imagine if a hotel in New York City sponsored us? Be so random. When you are tired from running away from a bloodlusting vampire and you're in New York City... Well, I got the place for you to kick your shoes off and take a nice hot bath. Brought to you by The Wellington. I don't understand why we don't have any advertisers. Paige writes amazing copy. I, it would be much better if I had more than sheer moments before I tell the joke to come up with it. No, I think it's, like, so good because you come up with it right then. Like... You could literally do a comedy set off of your advertising copy. <laughs> comedy Central, hire me. Yep. Also, nobody steal that idea. Nobody steal it. <laughs> Copyrighted. So, Twilight. Bella wakes up in a hotel and she's kind of like, what's happening? Because she doesn't remember, like, this r- the room at all. Because she stayed up the entire... I am struggling so much. She's doing the entire car ride. And it's supposed to be a three-day drive, and they make it in one, which is terrifying to me. Like, I know Alice can see the future and everything, but no. I, that seems impossible to me. I, I don't think, I don't know about it. It just don't make sense. I mean, so let's say the average speed on the highways you're taking is 60. If you're going 120, you could do it. Well, how many miles is it? I don't remember. They definitely have the cars to go fast, I feel like, too. Vroom, vroom, bitch. Get out the way. (laughs) Truly. Like, literally. Just you wait. Oh, my God, sis. You're going to lose your mind. Um, I guess not in this book, but, yeah. There is a car moment in coming up that Bella isn't privy to, but that goes on with Edward that is you're going to lose your shit over (laughs) in Midnight Sun. Um, so Bella's, like, the reason she doesn't want to sleep is because, like, of all these horrible things that she's trying not to think about. Um, so she says Charlie's broken expression, Edward's brutal snarl, teeth bared, Rosalie's resentful glare, the keen-eyed scrutiny of the tracker, the dead look in Edward's eyes after he kissed me the last time. I couldn't stand to see them. I'm at disposal, being loud. Um... And she's, like, crying the whole time. Also, the fact that they don't talk at all this entire is, car ride is, like, very jarring to me. It's extremely jarring, but also 
I feel like it would be more jarring if like an hour in Jasper goes, so do you guys want to play the license play game? <laughs> you know what? Valid, valid. And sometimes I think about this and I feel so bad. This is not related at all, but since we're already talking about it. Um, so I went to this college camp in Phoenix um, the summer before senior year. And um, it was in July in Phoenix, so it was extremely hot. It was for soccer, I should have clarified, sorry. But it was just like four days of just exhausting, exhausting camp because you're just so hot and you're working really hard because you want like the coaches to see you and offer you a spot, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And my dad, at the time we had this Volkswagen, my dad drove me down there and he had like laid down the back seat and made like a legitimate bed. Like he put a comforter down and then like blankets on top of it. And this poor man, it's a 12 hour drive from here to Phoenix. And I, on the way home, well, first of all, Corey Monteith had just died the last day of my camp. Um, and I was a huge fan of him. So I was like devastated by that. And I was exhausted from the camp. So I literally went to sleep in the beginning of the trip and did not talk to my dad the entire 12 hour drive home. I slept the entire way. <laughs> Can you imagine just driving by yourself for 12 hours? I mean, did he have a pod to listen to? I don't know. That sounds like a lot. He does. Ha- he always brings his CDs. So he did have his CDs, but sad (laughs) the poor man (laughs) so um they get a hotel close to the airport because alice says it's better to be close just in case um and this whole chapter is basically just like the waiting game and like alice and jasper just there and no one's saying anything and the tv's on and food gets delivered but no one says anything and they're all just waiting for the phone to ring but no one says anything (laughs) Mm-hmm. And it's just, I feel like the whole thing just has a very tense vibe. So, um, let me see. So, when Bella first wakes up, which is at the beginning of the chapter, she goes out into, like, the main room, and both Alice and Jasper are staring blankly at the TV, and Al- and Bella's like, what's wrong, Alice? And she says, nothing's wrong. Her eyes were wide, honest, and I didn't trust them. I don't know, for me, I just feel like they... I feel like Alice and Jasper are not putting on a front for her. Like, they don't feel the need to act human, so they just, like, sit there and stare at things. Like, you have to remember, these are creatures that don't sleep. So they're just, like, sitting around. Like, I don't feel like they're, like, hiding something from her in this moment. But what do you think? It did strike me as a little weird, but I guess you also have to take into consideration that they're supernatural beings. They're not humans, so they're allowed to be a little bit weird. But if you have only been around humans your whole life seeing some kind of different way of life or see people acting in sort of a weird way that you can't really describe I think would be a little jarring yeah yeah totally um yeah I think Bella's like justified in it I'm just like I don't think that they're hiding anything because I feel like at school and stuff they put on like the human acts you know but they probably are like no we don't care (laughs) like she knows you know so um, Alice says that the reason that Carlisle hasn't called is that there's like no, basically no news is good news, is what she says. And this is the part that you brought up earlier. Um, so let's trade roles. Do you want to talk about like what is said here? Okay, so basically, 
Bella's feeling really self-conscious and um Jasper's like you don't have anything to worry about you're safe and she's like I know that I know I'm safe he's like well then why are you so upset like why are you acting this way and she's basically like like James is like this crazy good hunter tracker you know everyone's putting their lives in danger Carlisle Emmett Esme uh, Rosalie, all of these people, and like, how could I live with myself if something bad were to happen? And Jasper, in his amazing use of making people feel amazing, he says, Bella, Bella, stop. You're worrying about all the wrong things. Bella, trust me on this. None of us are in jeopardy. You are under too much strain as it is. Don't add to it with wholly unnecessary worries. Listen to me. Our family is strong. Our only fear is losing you. And then Alice kind of comes in and talks about that Edward has been mopey for like a hundred years. So now he's in a really good mood. And she's like, we will not be able to survive for the rest of our lives if Edward is mopey again. So we're going to keep you safe because we like you. And also you're making our lives much better. So yeah. (laughs) See... Yeah, I think she's a little more subtle than that. She says, do you think any of us would want to look into his eyes for the next hundred years if he loses you? But yeah, Paige is right. That's pretty much what she's getting at. Also, that was nice. I kind of got to like sit back and be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> should do this more often. <laughs> so um, also, I just want to say like, it would be hard to be Jasper, I feel like, because it feels so pretentious to go around saying like, I'm an empath, but I, and I don't think I am like a full empath, but sometimes other people's like upsetness, sadness, anxiety really affect me. Um, so like he knows what people are feeling at all times. Like how would that not drive you crazy? You know what I mean? Yeah. I definitely struggle with that a lot. I mean, I don't know what people are feeling, but I'm worried about it all the time. So everything I do is to like try and make things better for other people. So like if I was the way that I am now and I actually knew what people were thinking, I would never get anything done. (laughs) Yeah, same. And he's probably like trying to comfort Bella so that he can fucking have a moment of peace. (laughs) Not really. I think he means it. I think he's being sincere, but. Um, so on page 411, I wanted to say, um, near the top, it says the window stayed shut, the TV on, though no one watched it. I'm like, I know there's something good on those hotel televisions. You couldn't turn on something entertaining, like, or not Criminal Minds. Um, what is, what am I trying to say? The true, the true crime one. What is it? Forensic Files. Forensic Files. Yes. Yeah. I know that's on, on some channel. Like. And a lot of times I've seen hotels have a gaming console that you can rent, too. So even if you can't sleep, you could play some fucking Smash, Super Mario Smash Bros. You could find something to do. You could. And they're rich as fuck, so they could definitely order, like, HBO or whatever. hmm Yeah. Like, why would you leave it on the news, the most depressing thing ever in the world? I, I don't know. I don't know. So Bella is just kind of describing the listlessness of these days. Um, 
I don't even know if it's like multiple days. I think it's just one that she's talking about. But very subtle of Alice. <laughs> Bella goes back to bed for something to do and Alice fucking follows her and goes and like sits on the bed next to her, which I'm like, really? <laughs> really? She's bored. Yeah, she probably wants some girl time. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Bella asks Alice what she thinks they're doing. And Alice explains that they're leading the tracker north. And then Esme and Rosalie are keeping an eye on Charlie in Forks and the female, like keeping an eye on her. Which they keep calling her the female. Her name's Victoria, like we know. We've been introduced. So from here on out, I'm also going to call her Victoria because that's weird. So then Bella traps Alice into this, which I'm like, how did a fortune teller not see this shit coming? But whatever. <laughs> Literally says my question caught her off guard, but okay. Um, she says, how do you become a vampire? And she's like, Edward doesn't want me to tell you that. So before we get into the details of this, what did you think of this? I guess I'm still a little confused by it. I I don't really know. I It kind of makes sense, but it kind of doesn't make sense to me. I... Is it poison? I I don't know. I just, I've never heard, like, the actual transformation of someone turning into a vampire explained before. Like, you've just always heard you get bitten by a vampire, you become a vampire. There's never really been an explanation as to how it works. So, I guess this explanation didn't really clarify it for me as much as I wanted it to. Okay, well, let's try and clarify it right now. So... I guess you could call it poison in that it transforms your body into something it wasn't before, and it's extremely painful. Um, What else is confusing to you? It was just like having to restrain yourself. I don't, I don't know how I want to say it. It like sometimes you die and sometimes you don't. Like, how do you control who dies and who doesn't? Um, I think it's just that people die because the vam- the vampire that's attempting to create them, whether or not that's actually what they're trying to do, is so overcome by bloodlust at the fresh blood after biting them, because at that point it's then flowing, that they are not able to restrain themselves and they end up just draining them of blood or killing them. Or it could be that, you know, whatever injuries this person sustained, maybe too many bites, like the the body couldn't keep up. And they died, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you, if you wanted to turn someone into a vampire, you would just bite them and then walk away? And then that's that? Yeah, you would pretty much have to. Okay. Because if you, if you, you know, drank from them further, then you would probably kill them. Yeah. Well, I mean, but they don't have to drink for it. To no. Happen. Yeah. Just, just a chomp. Yeah, yeah. But there, yes, you don't have to drink. But Alice explains that the venom spreads through the bloodstream. So obviously there has to be enough blood for that to happen. Mm -hmm. So if you drank a little, it'd probably be fine. Vampires don't seem like they have a good way of self-control. Yes, agreed. So do you think... I don't want to ask this question in a leading way. Why do you think that 
Al Edward didn't want Alice to tell Bella this. I don't, I think that he doesn't want Bella to just get any ideas in her head. I think that he knows that Bella is smart and when she makes her mind on something, she'll be stubborn about it. And if she has all the information, she can kind of make her own decision in the matter and have her own opinions about it. So kind of keeping her in the dark will keep her a little more removed from the whole supernatural side of their relationship. But if she knows, then she might get some ideas in her head. And I don't think that Edward wants her to be a vampire. Why not? Why do you think he's so against the idea of her becoming a vampire? I mean, to me, being a vampire kind of seems like it would suck. I I don't know if it's to keep her safe or to, like, um, protect her, I don't want to say innocence, but, like, her mortality, her, the thing that make, keeps her human, I guess, or the thing that makes her human. I think he wants to have that protected and also encourage Bella to, like, not make these huge life decisions based on him, you know, for her to, like, be her own person, I guess. And yeah. I think also the vampire lifestyle brings dangers that uh, the normal human life would never bring, so subjecting her to that would just be another thing that could potentially put her life in danger. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Why do you think Alice defied Edward's wishes and told Bella this anyway? I think she likes Bella. She's like, I'll tell her. I'll chill with her. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she wants to be her friend. Yeah. I mean, Bella says at some point that, like, they're friends now. Doesn't she say that? She de Yeah, she definitely does. Yeah. Um, also, I just wanted to point out a little more validation for you. She, Alice at one point mentions sharks. Because once they taste the blood or even smell it for that matter, it becomes very hard to keep from feeding. And you mentioned sharks, like, way early on. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You're mine. I am, uh, as the kids say, astute. <laughs> astute. I don't think a kid has ever said the word astute. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <sighs> so after this little conversation, Alice jumps up from the bed and she says something's changed and she's having a vision. Uh, Raven Simone, I just had a vision. Um, so the long and short of it is that the track, she sees the tracker in what Bella realizes is a ballet studio. Um, something has changed in his decision making that puts him there. And there's also another dark, a room in the dark, which they don't have very many details on. Um, but there's a VCR in there, in the dark room. And right when they're kind of like all talking about this, because Jasper obviously is there too, the phone rings and it's Carlisle. And then Edward gets on the phone and talks to Bella. And he says that they lost him um, and he jumped on a plane and they think he's heading back to Forks to start over. So Edward tells Bella not to worry and that they're keeping an eye on Charlie. And um, that Victoria has been at the school, all the roads around town and everything. 
So then they have a little mushy mama at the end of the phone call where Edward says, could you believe that? Despite everything I put you through, I love you too. And Bella says, yes, I can actually. Um, so at this point, when Bella gets off the phone, Alice is drawing that ballet studio. And that's when Bella's like, oh, this is a ballet studio um, because she used to take lessons and it was right around the corner from her house, um, the one that she was at. And Jasper's like, are you sure this is the same room? And, and Bella's like, no, I don't think so. Like, it just looks familiar because it has the same kind of equipment. But then they remember that Edward says, well, Bella remembers, she doesn't even bring it up. Um, but that Edward had said that Victoria was at the school where Bella's records would be. Where do you think the ballet studio is? I thought that it was the one near her house. I thought that it, in my mind, what I thought it was going to be, before she said that the last time she was there was when she was eight. I thought it was something like some sort of lingering scent of her was there or something like that. But then she said she'd only, the last time she was there was when she was very young. So I was like, oh, that might not be the right theory. But in my head, I thought it was the studio near her house the whole time. Okay, so you still do. I still do because I also have a suspicion that maybe James will go to her mom's house and somehow find his way there. Okay. Okay. So um, Bella leaves a voicemail with her mom's uh, her mom's number and it's very vague, um, but she just wants to make sure that her mom doesn't like go to the house in Phoenix with the possibility that James could know where it is. Um, so she just tells her to call as soon as she gets the message. Um, so yeah, throughout the rest of the day, Alice is just kind of sketching and re-sketching the ballet studio. And her and Jasper are just like staring into the space, which I've done this too, but I'm not a vampire. <laughs> um, so then Bella falls asleep on the couch, just waiting for the phone to ring again, and Alice carries her to the bed. And that is the end of the chapter. Do you have any notes that we did not cover? Um, I did, and it's extremely brief. It might not even be worth mentioning. It was just something I had an issue with. Um, Do it. But the top of page 421, when Bella wants to call her mom, um, she... So she says they don't have a permanent number except at the house. She's supposed to check her messages regularly. Jasper, Alice asks. He thought about it. I don't think there's any way it could hurt. In my head when I read that, I was like, I feel like there's, I don't know. But like the fact that you would say, I don't think there's any way it could hurt, leads me to think that there would be a reason that it could hurt. You know, because like earlier... Um, when Bella and Alice are talking about why they haven't called yet, Alice is saying like, well, they don't want to call because it's possible, you know, one of them could hear and it could, it could throw things off. It could disrupt everything. I just, it just seems, it just seems a little suspicious. I, I just feel like Jasper spoke a little too soon there. I don't know. I feel bad about it. All right. Duly noted. <laughs> we shall see. So speaking of which, so for next week, we are, for the first time, going to do three chapters. And we are, for the first time, hopefully my internet cooperates, going to do a live reading. 
So you, Paige, are going to read in preparation chapters 21 and 22, which are called Phone Call and Hide and Seek. So do you want to, well, I'll just tell you, and then I'm going to be reading chapter 23, which is very short. It's called The Angel. So do you have any predictions for these chapters? Okay, so phone call, there's obviously going to be a phone call that's going to dictate the next move, I would say. If it's good, if it's bad, I don't know. We'll see. Hide and seek leads me to believe it's going to be bad and there's going to be some form of having to run and hide or them looking for James. It's just, given what's going on, hide and seek makes me feel nauseous. (laughs) And then the angel also has an ominous ring to it it's biblical but like i just i can't see there being a good angel in this situation like maybe there's some sort of supernatural thing or like a vision where they see something or like bella thinks she sees an angel but it's really one of the vampires i don't know i I will say I just feel bad. I feel I feel ominous. I feel like these chapters are only going to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, yeah, I like those predictions. Um, Satan was an angel. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> Looking to the side eye emoji. <laughs> not saying one thing or another. I just feel like we should acknowledge that not, not all angels are good. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So, yeah, I guess that is about it for our episode, folks. Um, it's crazy. We'll be finishing up with this book soon. So we have the, what I just told you, and then we have another week after that with a, another chapter and then the epilogue, and then that'll be it. we mama. Crazy. So um, thanks so much for listening to the show. We appreciate you guys so much. You know the spiel. You guys could recite it at this point. We are on Instagram and Tumblr at Tuesdays Are for Twilight. We are on Twitter at Taft Pod. We are on Patreon at patreon.com slash Tuesdays Are for Twilight. You can email us at Tuesdays Are for Twilight at gmail.com. Um, I'm working on getting us up on the Google Podcast. It's taken a little bit for them to index us, but you should see us add it to there soon if that's something that you're interested in listening on. And as always, donate to Move to Higher Ground, shop from Black-owned businesses, wash your hands, wear a mask. Paige, you got anything? Um, always be kind to animals. Amen. Just remember that, like, especially for pets, like, their whole lives are you. Yeah. It makes me want to cry. I need to go look at Tina. I know. They deserve so much love. I know. I need to find my cats. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's sleeping on the couch in the living room. She's been having some solid naps lately. Her whole life, she's been having some solid naps. <laughs> I aspire to be here. Me too. And on that note, bye from Tina, Malcolm, Mila, Muffin, and Paige and I will see you next week. Bye, guys. Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs>